Have you, what's your most uncomfortable talk show experience? Um, uh, this one. Does this count? This is terribly uncomfortable. I, I walked this is super off awkward. Of David Letterman <laughs> feeling like the smallest person. Alive. Why? When? When was this? This was, well, yeah, I guess years ago. And uh, he pronounced my name incorrectly, which is fine. It's, that's totally fine. It happens all the time. But he said, Anna, 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 Fa- Anna Paris. He said, Anna Paris. Oh. So I'm walking you out. can't correct it. No. Oh God, no! It's David Letterman. Yeah. And and then and he realized it was it was just off. And then everything I felt because what what do you do? You're supposed to come up with some story about something that happened on set or <laughs> something that that yeah uh, feels false and I don't know. Well, the best part is they always want to know. I feel like George Clooney has kind of ruined talk shows for everyone because he's he's such a merry prankster apparently on sets and so. There are always these these like great Clooney stories about the pranks that he's pulled. And now every time you go on a talk show, I just feel like every time they're like, all right, what pranks were you guys pulling on each other on set? What kind of hijinks was going on? Right. Or the assumption that because you're doing a comedy that there's all kinds of crazy yeah. shit going on. And when <laughs> it's like, no, everyone's fucking exhausted. Yeah, you're up at five in the morning and you're running yeah. around. Uh, attempting to like eat a ham and cheese omelet while someone's smacking your face. (laughs) (laughs) Men don't get the face smack as much as the ladies do. Uh, Yeah, I don't know. I've gotten gotten my share of face smacks. I don't know if it was while I was eating a ham and cheese omelet, but... um, (laughs) Why are you an egg white guy? uh, What are you talking about? The face smacking? Is that in the movie or like in hair and makeup? Yeah, in the makeup. Like the massage. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. Men don't get it. Or do you just hire someone to smack your face in the morning? Sim. Yeah. Okay. Um, No, my my makeup person is gentle. They don't typically smack my face. Well, I guess somebody works in the U.S. Oh. Mm. (laughs) Hey, so Ed, um, can I ask you... Do you ever resent the idea that um, Hollywood differentiates between comedic and dramatic actors? Um, I haven't thought about that too much. Um, You haven't? uh, Well, not really. I guess in a way I've benefited from that just because I've gotten to kind of pigeonhole myself as a comedic person and and I'm, I'm... I'm pretty psyched about that. I like being a, a comedic actor. It's, what every, it's all I ever wanted to be. But I will say now that I'm I'm older and I'm kind of eager to stretch my legs and uh, kind of just try different things, I guess maybe it is a little uh, weird um, that, uh, that pigeonholes can be good and bad, I think. I think a lot of times we assume they're bad, but we actually benefit from them. Um, uh, it's only when we want to break out or break the perception of ourselves that we kind of run into, uh, those fixed perceptions out there. How do you think people from your high school would have described you? Nerd. Class clown? <laughs> no, no, no. I was, I was not a class clown. Were you? No, no. I was really quiet. I don't think most comedians were class clowns. So when did you know that I'm gently was a petting draw? this giant teddy bear? By the way, yeah, <laughs> I don't know why I'm feeling like 
He's comforting me. Yeah, that's like the Velveteen Rabbit, though. Oh, it probably so has a lot of germs a on lot it. Of, <laughs> a lot of illness. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to get... in there for a while. <laughs> a lot of children have Did been sick on that. Did you get your flu shot? Okay, good. <clears throat> um, I'll stop petting that. But no, so t- wait, t- tell me, though, about your high school identity. And then who is the, like, the first girl that you fell in love with? You don't have to say her name, but what was that like? We talk a lot about relationships and love. Love and love. relationships. Yeah. Um, my high school identity was, uh, was, I was like kind of on, I was kind of one of the neutral folks, you know, I feel like there were, there are the jocks and the, the popular cool folks. And I, I was sort of, I, I really think that our own perceptions of our high school persona are probably so wildly different from reality. I mean, like if you, if you were to poll my high school, like where did Ed fit in? You'd probably get a very different answer than what I, how I'll describe it. But all we have is our own reality, I guess. So I'll start there. I think I sort of was mostly on neutral ground. Like I, I, I was, I was, I played sports, but not the cool sports. I was on the swim team. I wasn't on the football team or the soccer team or like the, you know, the cool guy sports. I was on the swim team, but that made me kind of sporty. But then on the other hand, I also was in like corral and I sang. So I was a little maybe up towards the nerdier side of things, but I had lots of friends in both. And uh, if I had to sort of characterize my experience, it was, it was a lot of like searching for identity and not any kind of sense of like, this is who I, this is where I fit. And I, maybe that's why I'm a comedian now. I think, well, I can completely relate to that. Like one of the big gifts, the only gift, I guess, of going to my 20th reunion was that it was a confirmation because I always thought of myself as a pretty quiet person in high school. Mm-hmm. And yeah, people came up to me and they were like, oh, you were so quiet. It's so weird that you went to Hollywood. But there was one dude that was like, I remember when you said that you were going to go to Hollywood and become an actor. And I... I was so humiliated by that idea because that is just not it's something that I could have ever conceived. I was too insecure, I mm. think, to ever vocalize anything like that. But um, where was this? Where did you grow up? North of Seattle in Edmonds. Um, yeah, yeah. I grew up in the exact opposite corner of the country in Atlanta, Georgia. That is. Yeah. And do you go back? I do. You all well, every movie every, shoots in yeah, Atlanta now, yeah. so I've been back. The last three movies I've worked on shot in Atlanta, so I've been back there quite a bit. And my mom still lives there, um, so I I I like being back. When did you first start dating? Like your first serious? When was your first serious relationship? I don't think I dated properly until college. What was that like? Freshman year, dorms? Yeah, yeah. Like kind of. I mean, I sort of like went out or whatever you called it, going out together. Uh, but I don't know that I had like a girlfriend, girlfriend until college. Did you have that tidal wave of like total love or was it like, well, I think I kind of like her, but I'm not quite sure. Um, yeah, I think, I think that you just answered that question. (laughs) (laughs) The, how did I answer it? It It seemed to me like the answer was like, well, you were. I can point to some, to some early crushes where I was like, oh my God. I can't live without her. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Uh, But, um, but yeah. 
And how long have you been married? We don't have to. Um, you don't have to talk about your personal. Uh, yeah, life if you I don't mean, want to. Don't worry, okay. don't worry. Don't worry. Don't worry. I'll sort of. Uh, I can tell you, I've been married a couple of years, and uh, she's fabulous, and and she enjoys uh, more more a lot more anonymity than I do. <laughs> but you don't strike me as somebody that craves, I don't know, fame. I mean, maybe the creative process, or I don't know. I don't know. I don't mean to be. I mean, I don't. I I, I don't know either, and I, I it's like a weird place to, to scratch around in. But I think any, anyone who does what we do and really goes to the links that we go to, to do it because it's a tough job in a lot of ways and that there is some underlying kind of, well, there's a crave for the audience, right? Like in general, some some affirmation out there that, but, but I, I've had a hard time, which is kind of why weirdly why we started the podcast a little bit is because I've had a hard time with the exposure of myself. Mm. It's easy to hide behind. Well, it's not easy, but, but you know, we play characters. We say and do faces. We say words that other people have written and, Mm -hmm. and, and do the things and, and that, and there's like such a creative liberation in that. But yeah, I don't know. Like the other stuff, there's no guidebook for it. No, you're right. And uh, by the way, if you, so, so the, the sort of personal life exposure is what is what starts to feel uncomfortable. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, 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 yeah. I agree with that, and I also think you're so right in that every other industry, it seems like, like if you become a lawyer, if you become a doctor, if you become a, a finance guy at Goldman Sachs, or or, uh, or or in manufacturing, whatever it is. There are built-in mentor-trainee kind of yeah. relationships, yeah. and I've always thought, like, God, I really wish I had a mentor who was already really famous and already kind of knew the ropes, knew how to navigate right. stuff, knew knew like what was gonna embarrass me or what was gonna kind of like uh, kind of help me get my sea legs, and there just isn't. Like there's no, and then I see, I see, uh, sometimes I've seen, you know, you see other celebrities that, that really kind of are in a publicly, uh, difficult spot that maybe they did something or there's something kind of, they're just out there for sort of not the right reasons. (laughs) I don't know. Like, um, yeah, just, just people that are in a tough spot and, uh, and it's like, how, why, why isn't there a mechanism to help 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 people manage these situations? Uh, yeah. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Okay, so tomorrow night, tomorrow night you're going to the premiere of your movie. Uh, yes? yes, correct. Father Figures. Okay, opens December twenty second. Okay, so you're walking <laughs> Hollywood down the, movie. You're walking down the red carpet. I don't know if you're sweating a little bit. 
I don't know what's happening. You've just gone through the photo call. Yeah. Ed. Hey, Ed. Hey. Hi. Hi. Oh, my gosh. Do you have a second? Sure. Yeah, it's Candace from WT. Oh, oh my gosh. So this is so exciting. What a great night. Congratulations. Thank you so much. Yes. Um, so I wanted to ask you, though, what do you think about the sexual harassment environment in Hollywood right now? Great question. Uh-huh. Glad you asked it. And you look fabulous, by Thank the way. Thank you so much. And so does your lovely wife. <laughs> I. Uh, so are you... Am I answering this to you right now? Oh yes. Are we yes. in character? Yeah, we're we're live on air. <laughs> it's uh it's a terrible situation. Uh-huh. And um and I'm glad that a lot of people are finding their voices and that's oh yes. Isn't yes, that's it's amazing. Well the movie looks fantastic, Thank you. by the way. Thank you so much. Um what about you? <laughs> oh well, no, I'm you know I love covering these uh, these red carpet events. It's so fun. Um, so, and what are you wearing again, sir? Um, Ed, I'm wearing underpants and a suit. Do you keep in touch with your friends from The Hangover? Of course, <laughs> we used to prank each other on set all the time. Oh, so, you did. Oh, yeah. can you tell us a little so, bit about that? Yeah, that sounds were, fun. Well, there was times that. Uh, that I would get in the car to shoot a scene and uh-huh. there would just be a whoopee cushion right oh. there oh. on the seat. And it was, <laughs> and so that I mean, we just humor. pranked each other yeah. so much. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's so great. Well, this movie looks fantastic. Can you tell us a little bit about uh, what it's about? I am. My pulse rate is definitely elevating. I don't know what's <laughs> happening right now. I feel like you have stepped into a, <laughs> a persona that's scaring me a little bit. Um, so it's about um, the idea of a father figure, yes? Yeah. Okay. Um, yes, it is a. Uh, Owen Wilson and I are on a search for um, for our a pot a- of gold? Act- for our actual father. Oh, because our we were told that our father died when we were infants. We played fr- fraternal twin brothers, uh-huh. and our our we were told our father died when we were infants of colon cancer. So I then grew up and became a proctologist in his memory. Then we find out at the beginning of the movie from our mother, Glenn Close, that uh, that's not true. And oh, that, uh, that, oh. that that story was a lie uh-huh. and that our father is alive and he's out there somewhere. We don't know who he is. And so we, we go off to find him. Oh, that's great. And do you? Well, no spoilers. <laughs> You're so funny. <laughs> oh, gosh. Well, thank you so much. The movie looks hysterical. Thank oh, you. also, what was it like working with Owen? Uh, just a sheer delight. We uh-huh. found such a great vibe and uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, lots of comedic. We pranked uh, each other so oh, you much. Did. Oh, yeah. that's funny. <laughs> I mean, there was one time. Um, I I was uh, I was sitting down and I stood up and he had a little slide whistle and he went oh right, as I stood funny. up and the whole the whole set just burst out oh, laughing I mean that's just a little sampling that's of the good kind. that's great oh that sounds like a wonderful time <laughs> enjoy yourself tonight and congratulations can I leave now can I I think feel like my publicist would have just shuffled me along five minutes ago <laughs> from this psychotic interview. <laughs> Hey, this is your future. Oh, God. Yeah, that's there's going to be a good two hours of that tomorrow night. <laughs> and I'm looking forward to it. Did you support Donald Trump um, initially? <laughs> Not exactly. Uh-huh. Uh- <laughs> uh-huh. Oh. Did you? Oh, no, I don't support anybody. <laughs> no. Um, 
But that's because I'm from another country. Oh, so you're Hollywood foreign press. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> um, I'm from WD. And thank you so much, Ed. And your wife looks so beautiful tonight. Thank Congratulations you. once again. I hope you like the movie. Oh, oh, here comes Owen. Am I getting bounced for Owen? Well, did you want to spend more time? No, with I don't. Can- no, I know. <laughs> <laughs> What's her name again? I think Candace is Candace was her name from WT. Yeah. Is that a country or a station? It was sort of on the fly. Yeah, right. Uh, I was trying. I, you're right. I didn't. I didn't. Yes, and enough. I was really questioning the premise a lot, and I apologize. I'm sorry. That's okay. <laughs> but don't you feel? I don't know. Those uh, like sometimes I would get like, "What do you think about Beyonce and her twins?" Mm. And it's like, uh, uh, yeah, I've gotten pretty good at just deflecting a lot of that stuff. Like I'll literally say in an interview, "Pass." Like I, I've I did that the other day. Someone uh, I was on a. Uh, uh, um, I don't know if we, I was on a radio, one of those morning zoo crew radio interview hey, kind of thing. Hey, yeah. yo, oh, yeah. Ed, oh my, oh and, yeah, it's and, Zippy and the Juice. Yeah, and they just scream at you for like ten minutes. Hey, oh, good uh, morning, Ed. <laughs> uh, and I, they, I was literally asked, "Do you wipe standing up or sitting down?" And I just said, "Pass." I'd rather not just give the world that image of me. Thank you. First of all, I mean, can we deconstruct it for a second? Yep, we, let's do it. Does any... Well, let's not. Let's not. I was waiting to see where you were going with this. I was excited to see where you were going Well, what, who... I, do people stand up? I don't... That's a... It's a, Ooh, what if you're what in if a hurry? You do? Sure. And uh, or what? Yeah. What if it's or a? What it's if like you have a, a bidet that's sort of that's sure. you know positioned uh, vertically? Yep. <laughs> There's yep. lots of. Or what if you're using a urinal to to go number two? <laughs> uh, it's a very confusing. Yeah, it's a very confusing situation. But it's yeah, I think it's good to. I, I think it's good to pass occasionally and just be like. I just think that I, uh, I, I maybe it's because being female, I feel the pressure to not to like play along. I do too, too much. Uh, yeah, I've. Uh, I, I'm. I think we're. I don't know about you. I'm kind of a people pleaser. I like to accommodate. I ne- I never like to just like get weird and shut something down and. Except Even yesterday, I was in a weird press situation that I was uncomfortable. I didn't like. What was it? The, a junket or what was it? Yeah, it was part of the junket, and there was this one sort of goofy setup that that involved props, and and I and I kind of played along, and afterwards I was not comfortable with it, and I told my publicist like they got to yank that. I'm not okay with that. What, like the prop was it like a dildo? I don't understand. What was the like? I mean, I, I'm with you because I. Yeah. Cause I when somebody, yeah, it's just some. Sometimes people push your comfort level intentionally, and it's and they they think they're being funny or they think they're being daring or something, and it's kind of like it's like this is why you, why do Dick? I have to this play is along about with me? That? Yeah, the, yeah. There's definitely I don't know. I remember I, like was at a junket where somebody wore like a weird Scooby Doo mask, and I couldn't tell if I was supposed to be. I didn't. I didn't know what the. I I wasn't in on the. The game, I guess. Right. What was the one? What was I always think of that? There's a a red carpet where somebody was squirting Tom Cruise in the face with a with a water gun. Yeah. 
and he, I forget how he reacted, but I remember thinking like, I think he sort of like grabbed the gun and was like, what are you doing? Yeah. Why are you doing that? Yeah. And I kind of was like, go Tom. Uh, you know, it was, it was, <laughs> it was impressive. It was, yeah. I, rem- I remember that as well. He was like, well, like what? Like, like why would you do he, that? He kind of, I, in my memory, I feel like he almost made like, uh, attempted to make like a connection. Yeah. Like, well, what is wrong with you? Yeah. Truly. Um, like, what's which is the braver than me? I probably would have like, either laughed awkwardly and and been like, hey, come on, man, or or just like ran away. I would have laughed awkwardly, and I would have been like, it was, I would have started like guffawing or something. But inside, I would have been like. Shriveling. What the hell is happening? Um, all right. We're going to go to a segment called Deal Breakers, if you don't mind. Now, you have to imagine that your signal. Si- signal. <laughs> oh, God. S- signal. Single. Ah, that's what it is. That's There's what it is. There's an N in there. Single. Okay. I have to imagine that I'm single. Deal breakers. Go. She corrects your grammar in your text messages. Um, annoying, not... Well, in text messages? Yeah, like if you put a U instead of like... A or, or like a there, Y-O-U. like T-H-E-R-E instead of T-H-E-I-R. Yeah, potentially, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's tough. I think it's a, it's a serious discussion first. <laughs> and if it doesn't stop, yeah, that might be a deal breaker. When you go to dinner, she only orders off the children's menu because she says it has better options. Deal breaker. Really? Why? Uh, because that is empirically untrue. (laughs) (laughs) And if you think that you're kind of crazy, have you, no offense if you do, no, 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 no. I actually love the children's menu. At a hotel love a, when I you're love alone? a chicken finger or a or a, a PB and J. Just like but a let's small not pretend plate it has of spaghetti. Options. Right. That, that's a deal breaker. That to me means you're a little unhinged. Well, we try to make these challenging. All right. Okay, going. she has a tattoo of all of the seven dwarves on her butt cheeks. Mm, I would say it depends entirely on the size of the tattoo. They're but, one and a half inches tall. Okay. Each one. And so is so there's four on one cheek and three on the other? Yeah. Or does one of them split the crack <laughs> in the middle? I mean, there's a lot of a lot of ways to go here. But her ass is amazing. Yeah. I would say that is not a deal breaker. <laughs> <laughs> I would say that is a uh that is a serious point of curiosity. And well, how um, would you bring it up? Would you what would you say? I just feel like, what the hell's with the dwarves on your ass? That's kind of, it's it's wild. Like, what's the deal? Cabo, spring break. Yeah. I was 19. I would hope it's a great story, and it would just make her all the more beguiling and exciting. Well, because and- here's the thing, is that when I got it, I wanted it, because Snow White always, rep- like, to me, the seven dwarves always represented all the sides to my personality. Okay. So um, why why then have them on your butt cheeks? Well, because I didn't want everyone to see them, uh-huh. just certain people that I felt close to. During intimate moments. Yeah. So yeah. it's like, you know, there's Bashful. Sure. Who like represents like the intimate side mm-hmm. to me when I feel, you know, shy. Sure. Um, there's Doc, which I, that's when I feel like a little bit more of an authoritarian, you know, like I know right. what I'm doing. Right. Um, dopey, which is when I'm like, oh, did I just make an ass out of myself? Doopy. I don't know. Yeah. Right. That's why. I, yeah. And grumpy sometimes. You know me. Mm-hmm. That's how I get. Um, <laughs> sneezy when. Um, 
Well, see, this one, Sneezy was really gross because, like, his nostril is over your actual butt, and that's gross. I d- that one I didn't, like, I was sort of with you until I realized that Sneezy was, like... I just want you to know all of me, and if I ever have anything that grosses you out, I need you to tell me immediately. Um, um, so I don't know if you think that the things that come out of my body are gross, but if you do... We, we, we have a problem. Talk. Yeah, we, we should talk about that right now. Can I? I'll just be honest with you. I do think that poop is gross, and I don't. That's not a judgment call on you, uh, but it's just a sort of general sentiment. I don't think your poop is gross. You should. You're wrong. It is. That's why I've saved it. <laughs> <laughs> um, Sleepy and happy. Yeah. I don't think I'm still. It's not a deal breaker. I'm totally. I am totally fascinated by this person who has like a really deep story about the seven dwarves on her butt cheeks. It's like a seven layer bean dip, but mm-hmm. the layers of my personality. That's As why represented by dwarves. Yeah, well, and you know, and all my sisters, we all got them, too. Oh my god. Yeah. Um, it's like we're bonded because women are more complicated than you think I now know that more than ever Uh, you know what that's so cool because I do feel like you really get me (laughs) (laughs) what's this person's name oh this person's name who do you think I feel like her name is beige My name is Beige. My name is Beige. Hawthorne. And I have all of the seven dwarves. I'm Beige Hawthorne. And the reason why my real name, though, is Lindsay. But I I renamed myself during a renaming ceremony um, when I was 15 because I wanted something that felt as, like, undefined as how I feel. Mm. So... I also wanted it to sound, you know, something French. Right. I like it. Yeah, thank you. I'm falling. I'm really falling for this <laughs> this gal. <laughs> I'm kind of sorry. All right. Um, on the third date, she hands you her Christmas list. What time of year is it? Uh, is it July? Let's go with, uh, let's say it's September 29th. Is it, uh, is it like... A new printer and like uh, a bicycle pump, or is it like sort of kinky, funny, sexy things? Let's say uh, it's a new printer, um, the itziest, teeniest vibrator <laughs> that she can wear around her neck. Um, it's uh, Kirsten, the original American Girl doll. Deal breaker. <laughs> this this deal got broken. That is officially a walk away situation. <laughs> Just the printer and the, I don't know. She a says necklace vibrator. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, okay, she has five roommates. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. 
So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. It's tough. It's tough. That's that's a threat to the deal for sure. Why? Well, I don't know. Um, I like someone a, a little more independent. Okay, but you know, you don't want to judge. It's like it's this. There's always extenuating circumstances. If she's uh, like, you know, really low on money because she's been volunteering in Central America for for the last five years. And she's kind of getting back on her feet. Yeah, she no, just she's leaving with all her Peace Corps, with like, right. yeah, her five Peace Corps buddies. Then, yeah, sign me up. This sounds like a really fascinating, compassionate person. But she person. wants to be an actress. But now and she wants. So do her roommates <laughs> and all her roommates. Oh boy, deal breaker. Africa sucked. Deal breaker. Deal breaker. <laughs> yeah, helping people, unfulfilling. I want to act. Not fulfilled. By making putting smiles on children's faces. Ed, do you think that you could get my roommate Becca an audition for your next project? What uh, was it called again? Uh, Father figures. My movie. Um, That's already we already shot it. Sorry, I can't. No, no, no. The one that you were talking about the other night after we smoked that bowl. I think it was called like um, the Branchers, or or what's it like the. Um, <laughs> I think it's called like foliage. You want like, me to get your roommate an audition? Yeah, because I know that I'm not, and I also wouldn't want to complicate things between us. But yeah, I was wondering if you could get Becca an audition for it. She's so funny. Is that cool? Let me Is that talk weird? To my, I'm sorry. Is that weird? I don't want to talk be to like, the casting director. Oh, it's, does uh, Francine have more power than you do? I'm going to call you back. <laughs> Slash not. This okay, this but, relationship got weird. <laughs> yeah, I'm just starting to question why you like me, why we're in this relationship. So I think uh, I think maybe we need a little you've space. You got a fast car. Oh God! I gotta you know this song. Get us out of here. You know that that I'm I can't resist this song. Store. Managed to save just a little <laughs> bit of money. <laughs> Don't have to drive too far. You're trying to seduce me, and you know that Tracy Chapman just gets me going. <laughs> and <laughs> it's not fair. You're not playing fair. God damn it. I'm trying to get out of this. Okay. This is now. How would you proceed? Or are we switching yeah. games? No, switching you can. Games. Do you want to do the. You can do the. Did how I you win? Proceed. Did I win deal you, breakers? You told. Well, yes. you crushed it. Kind right. of. Turns out. Not really. No. <laughs> I, I just you did not totally accept the it. challenge. Well, no. Who did you like? You did like. I was gonna uh, ride it out with beige like, and like, see what happens. You like the seven dwarfs? Yep. I was yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. like kind of. I'm really just fascinated by that person. Um, very, yeah. So I think it was just one out of four or whatever. 
But fascinated meaning like you just would kind of want a boner or like long term? Um, long term. Fuck you. I am so down with this person. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> Are you asking for a friend? Like, do you know someone with seven dwarves on their ass? Is that? I, w- I want to show you something in the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, so your agent calls you very, very excited, right? He says that Clint Eastwood requested a meeting with you about his next directing project. You meet him at his favorite spot, Dan Tana's. When you arrive, Clint tells you he is a hardcore Office fan, and he knows you are the only man right for the lead in his film. Are we there? Are you good? Yeah, pretty psyched I so far. Of him. Uh, don't order this... Well, no, whatever. You can order whatever you'd like, says Clint. Okay. Short Um, cocktail. He says, I like to dabble in every genre and expand my creative juices. The film is called Going Deep, and it's a tasteful take on the porn industry. Okay. And he says that it's time that someone brings art back to porn. And he wants you to be like the everyman in the porn industry. It's Check, not. please. <laughs> Sorry. But it's Clint. I know. Clint, I love you. I think you're the man. And uh, this sounds like a part for... Um, hey, how about this? <laughs> yeah, what do you got? Before you leave. Okay. Let's hit the uh, gents' room together. You know? Relieve our bladders side by side. Okay. Pulse rate rising. Very intimidated. How does that work, you guys, with the the urinal situation? Tell us the tell us the well, mystery. Well, we don't go together to the bathroom. I know, but do you ever like? Does anyone ever glance? Like, I, you can't see. No, I mean you'd have to really. You can't just glance because there's usually a divider, and if there's not a divider, so uh, and there's probably a, like you you like have to maintain focus ahead of you, right? Is that what, is there? Like, I have to maintain focus because I have pee anxiety. So when I'm in a public urinal, I have to really concentrate and do my um my multiples of three. What what is that? I have to shoot. I can't believe I'm saying this, but I have to count in my head three, six, nine, twelve, fifteen, eighteen, twenty one, twenty four, twenty seven until like usually I get to around in the thirties and then I start to pee. That's the only way I can get myself. I if, can't believe if I just there's, that. If there's other people there, I have that sometimes. You do, right? Well, I, it depends. It's like the 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 more the pressure, then the the harder it is. I, like like if I'm at a Broadway play and the, there's a huge run on the restroom during intermission, so the, and the line is out the door and there's only like four urinals, and I get to the urinal and I know there's like forty people waiting. And they're going to start dinging the bell any minute to go back to your seats. Yeah. I just it's clinch up. I clinch up. I can't. I, I can't do it either. That's a good trick. Glad to know the count, it works. count by threes. It works. Okay. Sometimes it takes, a, you know, some, I've gotten to the 70s as well. The other time, by the way, if I'm in an airplane, go to the lavatory, I'm about to pee, turbulence. Panic sets yeah. in. Yep. The yeah. person is, the thing lights up. Yeah. Go, go back, back to, to your the, seat. Yep. Like, but I'm not, I had, and then, and then I'm like, I have to hurry up. And that's that's when it starts to be hard to be again. Why do you think our culture sets it up that um, that men pee in front of each other and women don't? Women, I think, have have to to, to disrobe a little bit more. Maybe like men can just kind of whip it yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I'd like to think that there's more to it. 
I mean, it's not a communal thing. We don't enjoy no, peeing I, together. I know, but I just. But by the way, just to answer your initial question, you yes. really you, you'd have to like lean forward and then look back to actually see someone else's junk at a because it because you really are kind of shoulder shoulder to shoulder. It's like, like it doesn't they don't stick out that far have usually. You, have you guys peed it in like a trough before? Yeah, I have. Yeah, yeah, it's at a stadium, stadium or something. Okay. Stadium trough. Yeah, or at uh, some pubs in the UK. You see those sometimes. So Karen Sarducci is the CEO, the head of Imaginarium Films. It's a fictional studio. Okay. No, no, no. Don't explain too much. Oh, you have fine, a general fine. with Karen. Oh, okay. I, hi, I'm Donovan. I'm Karen's assistant. Mr. Helms, so great to meet you. Nice to see you. Is there anything you'd like? A drink? Water? Water. water. Yeah. Here you go, sir. Coffee. And Karen is so excited to meet you right this way. Thank you. Karen, I'd like you to meet Ed Helms. Hey. Hi, Ed. Hey. Hi, I'm Karen. Awesome. Karen Sarducci. It's really nice to meet you. It's great to meet you, too. Sarducci. Um, this is Karen Sarducci. Yes, I'm sure you've heard of me. Um, Donovan, you can leave. That's fine. Okay. Thank you. Oh, actually, stay. Stay okay, for sure. a second because I need those notes. Um, uh, I've been a big fan of yours for a long time. Thank you. Yes. Yeah, thank you so much for coming in and meeting me. Um, so tell me a little bit about yourself. Well, um... Do you like my movie posters? I, yeah, I, I came in the lobby and yeah. uh, to be honest, I, I couldn't remember some of the things that, that you guys have worked on, but I was it was a great reminder. <laughs> Good Just, way to start off. <laughs> yeah, nothing like movie posters yeah. in the lobby. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, what about me? Yeah, just a... So you grew actor. up in Milwaukee. Atlanta. Uh-huh. Atlanta, Georgia. Uh-huh. And uh, where did you grow up? Oh, I grew up uh, in New York, of course. Uh, <laughs> in, the, in New York City. Uh-huh. New York wow. City. Yes. I, have you been? I have. I, I lived there for 10 years, oh, as a matter oh, of fact. Oh, I see. I see. That's why you look a little older. Um, <laughs> so did you, um, did you have any rat issues? In New York? Yes. Uh, my first apartment, yeah. Mm. And we did. Mm. Um did so you? I wanted to ask you, first of all, I'm a huge fan of yours. Thank you. And I know that you grew up in Milwaukee. My, one of my best friends grew up in Milwaukee. I, I did. And my children, uh, Milo and Ventimiglia, we were just coming back from Sardinia again. And they were saying how much they enjoyed your work. Wow. Yes. Um, 14 and 16. They're, they're Sardinia. In Sardinia. Is that your ancestral home? No. No. Um, but so on, I was brainstorming because my children have sort of, they have the finger, you know, on their pulse of Hollywood Sure. and, uh, I was brainstorming on the way home and I wanted to meet you and throw an idea, uh, around your way. Oh, great. Um, the idea is, um, is a movie. It's an original concept. It's a comedy. Okay. But it has threads of drama and heart. To okay. it. It's called The Hang-Up. And what you do, <laughs> you, um, you're um, a high-level advertising executive. Got it. Um, you're not particularly happy at this stage this in your is, life. This is my bread and butter. Mm. These are the characters I play. Mm-hmm. Yes. Keep going. Uh, I will. Thank you, Ed. Um you hang up your coat one evening and it's late. You've been neglecting your family and your coat hanger 
well, first, here's what I envision. We'll let the special effects people sort of deal with it later. But what I'm envisioning is you hang up your coat and your coat starts to glow. Mm. And you realize that your coat hanger uh, has an ability to shoot you into the future past what is now a non-planet Pluto. Because your childhood goal of becoming an astronomer was never realized. So what this hanger, this coat hanger, literally right. a coat hanger, right? Right. Uh, has this magical... Well, it's, I, I hate to use the term magical. It seems like it's... Sort of, oh, God. But this coat hanger essentially Enchanted. becomes... It essentially becomes like um, um, your a spiritual guide for you. Can I ask a question? Oh, of course. Yeah. Um, am I in a relationship in this movie? Am I? Uh, do I have a family? You are married. Okay. Um, to a woman. Okay. But you also have two girlfriends that you're trying to juggle. Um, one of them is at work. And one of them uh, is at the Pilates uh, center that you don't attend to frequently, but on occasion when you want to get laid by her. Mm. Now, your children. Milo, Ventimiglia. Yeah. Yes. 16, four, 14, 16? 16 and 14, yes. Yeah. So they've been sitting in chairs behind you this whole time and they haven't said a word. And I find that awkward. It's but, bring the children to work day. Yeah, but they appear sedated, like they're on quaaludes or something. No, 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 and no, I, no, 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 no. They're they're because they're not talk. making eye contact. They're sort of gazing. Milo is actually drooling. Um, we are jet lagged, Ed. Are you? I'm okay, sorry. Got I it. Didn't Sardinia. Make that clear. Of course. That's right. Um, okay, back to the movie for a second. So my character arc. Ad executive, enchanted coat hanger. I'm assuming the enchanted coat hanger gives me some crazy insight into uh, the human condition that I then exploit for advertising purposes. So you get it, yes. I, am I getting it? Well, yeah. Well, no, no, no. You don't exploit it. It becomes your soulmate, and you realize that everything you've ever done in your life has been meaningless. Wow. Okay. Now, now there's a single tear coming down your cheek. And I'm concerned that this is some sort of confessional. At the very end, the coat hanger tells you that you must bury it in the yard, four and a half feet down. Okay. And plants like, I don't know, a blueberry bush or something above it. Okay. And that way it will honor, because the coat hanger's ability, the magical ability only lasts for, you know, uh, I don't know, let's say six months or something. Got it. But you become close friends. Yeah. Okay, mm, I have yeah. another question. Yes. The blueberry bush that gets planted on top of the enchanted coat hanger. Uh-huh. What happens when you eat those blueberries? A hmm? sequel. A sequel. That's what happens, Ed. What's That's the... what happens with Karen. Okay, let me ask you this. When I walked in, there was a, a, a blank movie poster in your lobby. Is that what this is for? The hang-up. I love it. I love it. I am in like Flynn. Uh, what's your budget? Uh, our, uh, well, our current budget, and please don't let this turn you off, is $92 million. Um, Good God. 
That's awesome. We're putting all the chips in. Ed. That's what we do here at Imaginarium. And I did. I just read in Variety that your Please. your funding oh, was pulled. No, no, but, no, no, but you had a bunch no, of Chinese no, investors, no, no, and they no, they just no, no, no. No, pulled we're all, out. Nope, we're all back in. We're all no. Nope, it's all every, back in. Oh yeah, it's all okay. fine. All right. Yep. It's a huge market, and they love you there. Uh, co-stars. I don't know. Uh, shoot me some ideas. Okay. You're our priority. Um, you know, of course. I've always wanted to work with uh, Matthew McConaughey. I find him great. Um, mm. There's not a ton of room for the men. So let's think about the ladies. Okay. Unless potentially Matthew could be the voice of the coat hanger. But we'll work on that later. What's your take on Anna Ferris? Ugh. I think that she's a, a wash-up, a little old, not a big enough name. <laughs> I think she's pretty fantastic. I think she'd be good in this movie. I think you're a little more generous than All most right. of us. Okay. Uh, let's think about, uh, oh, who should we, uh, Donovan, what are the names? Uh, we have Kristen Bell. Younger. Younger than, uh, we have uh, the I Twilight want, actress, Kristen Stewart. I want 20 and younger. 20 and younger. Ed deserves is, 20 and younger. Is this to play my wife? All of them. Uh, well, Everyone. give us three Everyone names. In the movie. 20 and younger. I'll have to have now. research look into that. I don't have anyone now. under 20. Now. Now. Vanessa Hudgens? Mm. All right. Yes. All right. Who else? I'll have to double check that she's under 20, though. I'm so sorry. My fucking no, idiot. It's okay. I'm, I will have research on it. I'm I just so want sorry. you to know I have pocket dialed 911. Because Milo just collapsed, and I'm afraid his heart has stopped. Milo. Milo. What? Milo. What? Mom, I can't breathe. Milo, don't you ever fucking call me mom again. Milo. Milo, get the fuck up. Okay. You want to make it in this town? You got to get the fuck up, Milo. I know. Right now. Is that Ed Helms? I love him. It is. Yes, He's so good. Yes, I know. His new movie, Father Figures, opens December 22nd. Stop (laughs) kissing ass and get the fuck up. I can't wait to see it. He has amazing chemistry with Owen Wilson. Milo, Uh, you're being way too enthusiastic right now. I feel nauseous. (sighs) Donovan, Milo's barfing again. Okay, I'm going to take him away. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry, Mr. Helms. That's okay. I, I'm really grateful. Milo, so thanks for your... you're in the hang-up. Yeah, the hang-up. Let's do it. Good. Mm-hmm. I'm so happy. Um, Yeah. It's going to be a big hit. I'm just... Who's the director? I didn't even... We didn't even cover that, but I, not that it matters. Um, Donovan, who's the director? Paul Thomas Anderson. Paul Thomas Anderson. Mm. Yeah, then forget it. I'm out. <laughs> that guy's a hack. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much, Ed. It was lovely, lovely to meet you. Uh, you too. I'm just going to let myself out because you, you have just... You can follow me and I'll validate you as well. Donovan, he, Ms. Sarducci just passed out on her desk. That's okay. It's okay. fine. <laughs> All right. Thank you. <laughs> Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. All right, so do you know about this part at all? We actually give relationship advice. Ed looks so confused right now. No, I, I, I'm aware of this, yes. <laughs> um, I don't know what I'm in for, but uh, here we go. You'll be great. We're going to call Julia right now, and she is in Nevada, and she is 21. Is that how you say it? Nevada. Hey, um, Nevada. Sim, that's what I thought it was sort of a Nevada thing. Hello? Hey, Julia, it's Sim. How are you? Hey, I'm good. How are you? I'm doing really well. I'm going to introduce you to Anna right now. Hi, it's Anna. Okay. Hi, Anna. How are you? And uh, I have sitting next to me Ed Helms. Hey there. How oh are you? Oh my ya? gosh. Hi, Ed. I'm such a huge fan. Oh, Both thanks. you and Anna. Cool. Oh my gosh, I'm the biggest fan of The Office. I'm like, <laughs> wow. Awesome. So, Julia, tell me what's going on with your boyfriend. Yeah. So we've been together for two years. And I've just noticed over the last like year and a half, we just had really different ideas about uh, how much time spending with our families. So um, I have a really big family and uh, lots of siblings. And I feel a lot of pressure to bring my boyfriend over because we're really serious. And uh, we, yeah, we all just spend a lot of time together. And so I've invited my boyfriend to a lot of stuff. And he's really, uh, um, he doesn't really enjoy doing it a lot. He usually is like, just comes up with excuses of why he can't. But anyway, um, I tried to give him space because we've had fights about it before. So it's like, okay, you know, we've moved away. So I haven't had a big issue lately, but now we're going home for Christmas. And my mom has already started pressuring me about how she feels like she doesn't know my boyfriend and wants him to come over a lot. And, uh, you know, like I said, I was trying to give him space, but I feel like I'm caught in this where it's like, I'm kind of on her side that I want him to be a part of my family because my family is important to me. But I also understand that um, when we're going home, it's his hometown too. So he's going to be seeing a lot of his friends and his family. And I don't want to pressure him but to just spend it all with my family. And so he agreed that he'd come see my family uh, three times in the three weeks that we're there. And I don't, I feel like that's not a lot. And my mom is going to ask for a lot more. And so what really is my problem, I guess, is that I can't decide what side I'm on. If my mom is asking for too much or if my boyfriend's not doing enough. Oh boy. This is an issue with every family. Families. Yeah. In-laws. Well, you're not married yet, but, uh, but that's right. a classic, uh, uh, Very classic uh, issue. So, uh, okay. So, what do you are your families vastly different from each other? Well, I 
think so. I mean, he his parents are divorced, and he only has one sister. Um, we live with his mom now, where we moved. So, I mean, we're all adults living here. We hang out, like, doing adult stuff, you know, drinking or playing card games. But with my family, it's I have five siblings, and they all have kids. And so it's a lot more, like, family-friendly activities. And there's just so much more of us. Right, and I bet it gets pretty loud and chaotic and it sounds like it's really fun (laughs) how would you yeah how would you characterize like your boyfriend's energy versus your family's energy are they similar I mean I think they are like I get along with him mostly because like I think my family has a really great sense of humor and I think he has a really great sense of humor and I think they go together but when he's with my family he's really shy so I don't know (laughs) Mm mm-hmm I wonder if there's a way to like, because what your family is probably looking for is confirmation, like with how much he loves you. And I wonder if there's a way to delicately explain that to him that not that he's, I would never use the word test, not that he's being tested at all, but in a sense to your parents and your family, he kind of is, you know, they want, they want to make, they love you so much. They want to make sure that you are being valued and uh, enough that um, that you find a partner that adores you enough, even if he is shy, to go the extra mile to to like show up at the family function, even if he's feeling overwhelmed and everyone's trying to like outdo each other with jokes and um, you know, yeah, games and stuff. Um, I wonder if there's a delicate way you could explain that. To him, um, I don't know. What do you think, Sim? I'm always the opinion that you just have to suck it up and do it. I agree. Yeah, I, I can. When it comes agree. to family, just because I just know because how touchy it is, and she needs to explain that this is three, four times a year. You just put on a happy face and you just get through it as much as it's painful for you. That's right. And if he can't do that, and you end up choosing him over your family for the time being, if he's, if he's sort of subconscious, maybe not subconsciously, but, um, if he's passive aggressively sort of asking for that choice, um, your family's going to win in the end. It could be, you know, 10 years from now or something, but your family will always win. And so I don't know how to delicately, um, phrase that to him. I wouldn't say it like that at all. <laughs> well, is there, but, there, isn't there a version where everyone kind of just, moderates their expectations a little bit like including the family and it's just sort of the family can understand this is a little bit out of his comfort zone to be there all the time and and like maybe the family's expectations can i don't know ed only because i just know families in general and they may not take that the way they should but wait they may take they may be sensitive but julie that's that's on that is on them to be fair like that's that's, very true like that's not that's not necessarily on uh, this couple, uh, and and I think a lot of times family expectations can be past what is reasonable, and it's extremely hard for us to express these things to our the people that we love. But um, uh, I don't know, three weeks is a long time to be somewhere for the holidays. But then yes. again, three visits yeah. is a very that's a, that is a pretty limited amount of exposure. So, but uh, but Julia, the nice thing is, uh, well. 
And the fucked up thing is that you're sort of caught in between two parties that clearly love you a lot and want kind of possession over you. I wonder, I think Ed is right though, if there's a way you could explain to your family, like, listen, my boyfriend's shy. We've allowed family. He doesn't under, you know, he's not from this kind of chaos. Um, If we could all, if you guys could understand that and then maybe, you know, independently you talk to your boyfriend and you say, um, my family will always be essential to me. And there's, you know, and I can't, I'm so looking forward to seeing them. And I really hope that we can find a way that you're comfortable and that I'm, and I, and I feel comfortable too, because you will be stressed out if your boyfriend is quiet in a corner and you're worried if he's totally miserable and your family is like running off to a bedroom being like, Oh my God, what's up with Julia's boyfriend? And that's just going to be awful for you. So I, I, I guess, no, I don't know. That's true. I, I think that's right. But I do think that this is a gift that your boyfriend should give you um, more than three visits. I mean, you're right, Ed. Three weeks is a long three time. Three weeks is a long time. But I also agree that, that a lot of sucking up has to happen and just dealing with it because yeah. we all, like all of our families, it's just tough to be, I mean, it's... It, I think a lot of times when we go to our significant other's families, we feel like we don't get enough space or whatever, or that a lot is expected of us. But we have to remember that like our partner who is a member of that family, in this case, you, Julia, is also in, in a sort of uh, tight spot and needs the support of yeah, their... Yeah, you've got to be the most stressed person of all. They're sort know? of a little bit caught in the middle mm-hmm. when that, especially when that boyfriend is, is still kind of acclimating. Um, how long have you guys been together? Uh, two years tomorrow. Julia, are you the youngest? No, I'm right in the middle. Are you the one sibling that doesn't have kids? Well, no, my older sister just got married, but they'll probably have kids any day now. Uh, <laughs> so I am the, like... Next in line for that, I guess. Does everybody like each other? It's just a matter of kind of spending a lot of time. Yeah. They, your boyfriend yeah, likes your family like, and, and they like him? I, I think so. Yeah. I, I feel like time has been so limited and he's been so shy that that's kind of what my mom has been saying. Like, even when he does come, she doesn't know him. He's also got to spend more time and just exactly suck up to the parents, just get to know them better, ask them questions. Yeah, exactly. Julia, that kind of comes with a little age, though, don't you think? And confidence. Like when you realize like, oh, okay, this is the way to have what I want because I want to be with this woman so badly. And also, I think there's a point after which and it's kind of older than you think, but but it there's a point where you start to relate to your your significant other's parents as adults versus being another child which is which is how they'll always treat their own child but um but when you start to kind of relate to them as adults it really changes the dynamic and it can open a lot of doors for for a a a more relaxed relationship but it's but, not always easy you know i i do i mean sim and i we like we've lived through this we've witnessed this idea that um if people don't get along with their families, like their, their in-laws. Um, it's really hard to recover. It's really hard well, to keep things going. Uh, it's like a couple of years and then it's like in the ground. 
the relationship, I think. I mean, at least that's, don't that's you think? That's what I've experienced. That's what I've seen as well from people that I'm close to. Yeah, yeah. So so um, I don't know if there's a delicate way to phrase that, but do you envision marrying this guy? Oh, definitely. Oh, that was immediate. All right, Julia. All right, you're all in. So then I think that you have, <laughs> yeah. you have to, I think you really have to communicate this to him, that how important this is to you, that, you live in a different city. You don't have to see, you know, uh, your family all the time, but here's what I really need you to do for me. So I don't feel distant from you. Ed, Ed looks, uh, I'm always, I'm always like very cautious about ultimatums though. I think it's kind of like, right. It's, it's also, there's a little bit of mitigation acceptance. If when you love this person, accepting their sort of struggle for comfort, in in your in that environment with your family, that's but okay too. And, and it just him. yeah, and it, may, it just may not pet be. She'll back. She'll hold his hand. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. and, uh, and and looking for maybe also kind of looking for constructive ways to um to help him feel more comfortable or overcome that shyness, as opposed to putting it on him to like. Uh, well, that's why she should talk to her family. Sorry, I yeah. didn't mean to cut you off. No, yeah, of course. This, you know what I mean? So she can like, ask her family something from them, too. Oh, man. Julie, I know this is family. a lot for oh. you. It's a lot to take in. Just oh. listen back to this episode yeah. because Ed and Anna gave some really great advice. So did you, Sim. <laughs> Thank you so much for hanging out with us tonight. Yeah, Julia, thank you. I love you. Thank and you let, let us know what happens because you are not alone. This thank is Thank you. This no, is you are not. Common this problem. is yeah. This is very common, and, and it's also uh, you're very lucky to to love someone that way and to have a loving family. Thanks, Julia. Bye, Julia. I love you. Bye. Bye. I love you. See, she said it. She said, "I love you." You're always worried that they don't say it right back to you. It's an awkward thing to ask of somebody. All right. Well, I'm just saying but most I people do say love it back them. to you. I know you do. I love all of our listeners. I don't know about Ed Helms over here. <laughs> um, I got a pretty high bar. <laughs> hey, Ed, thank you so much for being here. Come on. This is really cool. Thanks for having me. That's really sweet. And I know that it's like a dark room and a big, like, creepy couch and a weird mole people poster. But I like the vibe in here. We're up in the in the in the hills. I, I could get murdered before I. Oh, you I will. Leave. I, oh, you, most deaf. I, I'll probably be in a freezer you in your garage. You won't even get to the driveway. That's point. right. Nope, not in the garage, the attic. Um, but no, I have a. I got a coffee in a coffee mug with a snowman, and that just sort of made everything cozy. So I feel great. <laughs> Thanks again. Thank you. And yeah. congratulations on everything. <laughs> everything going on. Congratulations with you. on on uh, a very handsome gray shirt that you're wearing uh, today. Stuff. Heck yeah, dude. And fuck you, Sam. Good night, everyone. Bye.